Boiling Springs Baptist Church, where we learn and grow together in Christ. We now join the church in worship. Good morning. Oh, welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church. We're glad you're here. It is my honor to say um, good morning and to welcome you. When I ask you just to grab your bulletin, do want to say that there is a great welcome statement on the front of the bulletin, and we are glad that everyone is gathered today for worship. We worship a loving and merciful God, and it's just great to be here to worship Him. I want to ask you to go ahead and tear off that tab that's on the outside of your bulletin. If you're visiting with us today for the first time, or maybe you haven't filled one of these out and you've visited a couple of times, we want to know a little bit about you. So fill that out, drop it in the offering plate when it comes by. That's on the welcome side. And on the back side of that is a prayer request form for anyone to fill out if there are prayer needs in your life, in your family's life, and friend, neighbor. If you just got someone you want us to be praying for, please fill that out. Also, if that's a request that needs to be passed on to care, just write care at the top of that so that way we can know to pass that along to them or there's some prayer uh, care slips there in front of you uh, where the offering envelopes are. We just need to make sure that we pass those um, requests to care so we know who to call, who to send cards to, who to encourage, who to pray for. So get that turned in and that'll help us out a whole lot. If you look in your bulletin, we do have a, a lot of great things going on this week. I want to remind you about our family night at the YMCA tonight, which will start at 5 p.m. We'll eat about 6. We're going to have hot dogs. If you could bring a dessert tonight, that'll be fine. If not, don't worry about it. We want you to come and fellowship anyway. But if you can bring a dessert, that'd be great. Again, we're going to eat about 6 o'clock, and that'll just be a great time of fun and fellowship. We'll have the uh, water park and the climbing wall will be available. We're going to have some cornhole boards up uh, out there, so we might set up a makeshift cornhole tournament or just have a great evening of uh, fellowship. Notice at the bottom that there are a flower arrangement here and in the vestibule, so you want to um, make note of those and look at those. And then on the back of your bulletin, you will see opportunities of the week. Notice that there are showers going on for the next several weeks, so you want to be a part of that. Also, um, note that the Act Teens have their um, backpack ministry or back-to-school supply ministry going on, so you'll want to be a part of that and drop those in the appropriate areas. Next Sunday will be a very special time in the life of our church as we have our river baptism next Sunday afternoon, so I know that you'll want to um, be a part of that down at the at the Greenway. If you need to, if you are new to the area and you're not aware of this, but you can get a pass to get into the Greenway if you'll just see the ranger down at the ranger station and they'll give you a little sticker to put in your windshield so that you don't have to pay when you go through. So that always helps. We just want to pass that word along to you so that you'll make arrangements to get that took care of. Please note the insert in your bulletin, which has those showers I mentioned a second ago, but it also makes notice of the new Wednesday night schedule, which will begin August the 26th. The times have changed for our prayer meeting and children's ministries, so we want to make sure that you get here at the right time for those. Note, we will have on August the 26th a cook-off, a cook-out, to kick off our Wednesday night, um, our Wednesday night time, so it's a really a really cool time for us. And that that cookout will start at five. 
And that will be free. That will be available to everyone. And then the following Wednesday, September the 2nd, we will begin our Wednesday evening fellowship meals, which is $5 for adults and $3 for kids and those you'll need to RSVP for in the church office. So please make note of those. Also, please see the note from the Grief Share Ministry, which is an excellent, excellent ministry. I know that there are many in our church family and community who are grieving and have suffered losses, and that is a great way to connect with folks who are going through a lot of the similar things. Lots going on. Glad you're here. Let's worship together this morning. Good morning, everybody. I would like to welcome you all. Um, Thank you for coming. My name is Cedric Starr, and I've come to bring you the mission moment, which is aligned with what I started a couple of months ago about praying for the nations. Because as you know, our Lord Jesus Christ tells us that we're not, we're the salt and light of the world. Not just of our nation or our community, but of the entire world. And we need to remember that we are called to pray and to hope for God's grace and mercy upon everybody on the earth that the Lord gave us. And to connect with the, with the Bible series that our preacher is bringing about uh, hosp- hospitality, I want for us to pray for the refugees in from Liberia because as you may know they have been in the news for the past couple of months now of this large immigration from North Africa to the European nations and there's been a lot of struggle because many of the European nations have been discussing whether or not they can even welcome these refugees due to economic problems and social and political problems that's been going on lately. Many of the European southern nations have been going through a lot of struggle with this mass immigration. And I want to ask this church to please pray for the leaders of these European nations and also pray for the refugees from Liberia because they are forced to leave their homeland to go to the mercy of these other nations because of all the problems that's been going on. And I ask this church to please pray that the Lord will comfort these refugees and the Lord will open the doors for these European leaders to create programs to bring, to bring help and to help the suffering of these refugees. And so, um, can we please go to our Father in prayer? Dear Lord, we as a church family, open our hearts to you, Lord God Almighty, and pray for these refugees from Liberia, Lord God, who are going to the European nations. And we pray, Lord God, that the European nations be hospitable to these refugees. Lord, I know there's a lot of suffering going on in Liberia. There's a lot of suffering going on in European nations right now because they're struggling to provide for these refugees. And I ask you, Lord God Almighty, that you open up opportunities for all these other nations, Lord God, to provide aid to these refugees, Lord God Almighty. And I pray, Lord, that you allow the churches within these nations to open up their doors to them, Lord God, and to provide hospitality to them, Lord God Almighty. And please hear our prayer, Lord. And we pray that you open up doors for us, Lord God, if anything that we as brothers and sisters in Christ can do for our brothers and sisters of North Africa, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you just continue to watch over over them, Lord God, and continue to provide and to help them, Lord. In your name, Lord, we do praise. Amen. Thank you all. For our first hymn this morning, you will need your bulletin. 
Um, the first hymn is a beautiful, relatively new hymn. It's probably familiar to many of you. In Christ Alone. Um, and as, as Cedric shared with us the, the needs all over the world, this is a good reminder that Christ alone is our help and our hope for all of these needs. So please stand as we sing in Christ alone. got something with me. Some people would ask me about this. Ask me if it was mine. I told them, nope. I'm married. I'm not a king. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do love my wife. Um, how many of you ever wore a crown? Anybody ever wore a crown? You not ever been like at school and it was your birthday and they put a crown on you and made you like king or queen for a day? 
How cool was that? Was it pretty cool? What kind of stuff did you get to do because you were king or queen? Did you get to go first in line? Yeah. Did anybody bring stuff to you? No. That's good. Your mama brought you something? That's good. That's good. Well, you know, a lot of times we think it might be cool to be the king or queen or to be the top, the, the person that everybody looks to, to be in charge, to have authority. Um, you might think it cool to be the most famous person, the best athlete, um, to have everything. I mean, you think about it. If you're king or queen, there's people under you that serve you. Yeah, and that, that's just awesome. It would be awesome, right? Maybe not. Yeah, it's like everybody knows. You know, guys, they'll play king of the hill. You ever play king of the hill where you try to get to the top of the hill and push everybody else down? Yeah, there's just something cool about being the king. Well, the Bible tells us that we need to have a different attitude, not necessarily the king-like attitude. And they describe a king that we all know as Jesus do you know that Jesus is told to us in Scripture to be the King of Kings, isn't he? King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Do you know what Jesus did, though? Do you know that Jesus left his place of king and came to earth? He put down his crown. He was born in a manger in a stable or a cave surrounded by animals. And Paul in Philippians 2 says it like this, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. You know, Jesus had the highest place in heaven. I mean, he's God. He is God. And yet he humbled himself. You know what it means to be humble? It means to become low. He came to earth stepped out of heaven and came to earth. Why? Just to come look at it? No. He came to die. And while he was here, even before he died, he served people. He was a servant. He showed us what it was like to be a servant. And you know what he calls us to do? He calls us to be like that. To serve others. So don't think that it's about being the king or being the top. No, it's about knowing the king. It's about knowing Jesus and serving each other. And in essence, the scriptures tell us that in serving each other, we're serving God. Because he came here to serve and to die for us. That's pretty cool, isn't it? You know, think about that in a couple of weeks when you go into your classrooms and think about how you can serve and be there for the people in your classrooms. 
You know, what kind of things can you do to be a servant just like Jesus was? Let's pray. God, help us to keep in mind the importance of service and humility. Don't allow us to think more of ourselves than we should. But help us to always see the crown that Jesus took off to come to earth. We thank you for Jesus and for his death and for the salvation that we have through him. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Our next hymn is hymn number 121, Thou Didst Leave Thy Throne. We'll sing verses 1, 2, and 4. Hymn number 121. Stand. I pray, um, just want to remind you that we've had a few that have experienced the passing of whether it was a brother or sister or close family member, and so we want to remember them as they continue to grieve the loss of their loved one. We also have some that are recovering from surgeries, and let's also be mindful of the fact that school is beginning soon, not only public school, but Garden Web will be beginning this week, and uh, we helped some students and greeted some as they were moving into campus this week, and so let's be mindful of them as Many of you know in your college years or those children of yours who have went to college that, uh, you know, those first few weeks of college can be pretty important as far as the friends that you find and the people that you uh, begin to get to know in that, that time. So let's, let's be in prayer for those who are transitioning in that way. Will you join me now in a moment of prayer? Father, we're grateful for your presence here today. We're grateful for the way that you choose to work in our lives despite our imperfections, despite our sinfulness. Lord, we're grateful for your presence. We're grateful for your grace and for your mercy, your mercy that's new every morning. 
Lord, there are those here today that need to be reminded of that grace and that mercy. Maybe either they've made decisions or they're going through situations in life right now, God, where they need to be reminded of that. And so, Father, I pray that you would lead them, that you would guide them as they look to you today. Father, we do pray for those who are grieving. We pray that you would comfort them with the loss of family members. We pray for those who are uh, beginning new transitions this fall, whether it be a new school, whether it be um, just simply going back to school. Father, we pray for not only our young students, but also our college students as they make that transition as well. Lord, I pray that uh, we as a church family could embrace them and welcome them and help them uh, as they transition into this new community. Lord, bless those who teach, Lord, not only in our schools, public schools, but also, uh, Lord, at Garden Web as well. We pray that you would bless them now here at the beginning of this year. Lord, uh, we're thankful for this church. Again, thankful for the things that you're doing, for the ministries that are taking place here. And God, help us as we seek to be at your church. Lord, help us to come to you as empty vessels. Lord, simply desiring to be filled with your presence. Lord, and as we do that, send us forth to our homes, to our community, and to our world, to be your light and to show others your love. We ask this prayer now in Jesus' name. Amen. Please take your hymnal again and turn to page 300. Our next hymn is Without Him, hymn number 300.
pray with me once again. Father, we thank you once again for this day. We come down to this portion of our service to give a portion uh, back to you, Father. We thank you for the way that you have blessed us. Lord, we pray that you would bless uh, the gift and the giver of the gift. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our scripture lessons are taken from uh, 1 Peter and Philippians this morning. So if we look at 1 Peter chapter 5, the title of this is Saints, Humble Yourselves. In verses 5 and 6, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject to one to another, and be clothed with humility. God resists the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And the second scripture is taken from Philippians. This is Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. The title of this is Paul's Exhortation to Humility. 
If there be therefore any consultation, consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, affection or compassion, fulfill ye my joy that ye may be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others.
Thank you, choir. What an appropriate song as we have been going through a sermon series about the roots of hospitality. As we have been reminded, the word hospitality includes the word hospital, which means a place of healing. And as I sit and listen to the choir speak about within these walls, it is my hope that as you come and as you worship, if you need that healing, uh, more so a, a physical, more so a spiritual healing, excuse me, Uh, that we can receive that healing here in this place to everyone who comes from all walks, that when they come, that they may receive that healing and that we may go forth, as the song said, outside these walks. Uh, We we are sent forth into a world that is broken and that desperately needs that healing. I want to invite each of you to be a part of our special service next Sunday morning. We will have a special back-to-school blessing during the children's sermon. It will kind of be an extended children's sermon for just a few minutes. And all of the children and all of the, the, the teachers and administrators, which we have many here in this place this morning, and hopefully even many more next week, but we'll have a special time to commit this year to the Lord, to pray for you, uh, to add uh, just a, a blessing on your backpacks or whatever. If you're a teacher, whatever briefcase or bag you may take with you to school, we encourage you to, to, to bring that with you. Uh, but we'll also have a gift for you to place in that bag. But it'll just be a special service and a special time of blessing as we begin a new school year. And as we, uh, maybe you aren't beginning a new school year personally, but it will remind you to be praying for and uh, lifting up those who are beginning that new school year, whether student or teacher. Join me in prayer once again this morning. Father, I pray that you would take your scripture as it was read earlier, that, Father, you would speak to our hearts as we look to it and study it this morning. I pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. In our series, we've been looking at what it means to offer a graceful welcome to those new faces that come into our sanctuary. We've been off, uh, looking at what it means to offer a graceful welcome to those who we sit on the pew with and to those who we may even disagree with in church. And how do we offer a graceful welcome to those? So we've looked at that. And today we're going to be looking at what does it mean to offer a humble welcome? I know what some of you may think. There are some preachers maybe that you know personally or know from TV that uh, could use a dose of humility. And I would also agree with that. Um, uh, When I graduated from Gardner-Webb as a 21-year-old, 
I had some good teachers and good training, good experience, as much as a 21-year-old could have, and going away and doing weekend ministry, right, and occasionally preaching, and, you know, and man, I thought I knew it. I thought I had the answers. And uh, when I went into my first ministry position, I'm grateful for the grace that I was shown when I realized that I didn't know a whole lot of anything. Um, And as I've continued to learn, as I've continued to grow, as I've continued to have new experiences in ministry uh, here at Boiling Springs Baptist, uh, the older I get, the more that I realize uh, what I was humbled by earlier is that I really don't know much of anything. Um, But I'm hoping that each of us will have that spirit of humility in the sense that we will acknowledge our limitations. I think when we have a proper sense of humility, we, we understand the ways that God has gifted us but we also understand about ourselves that there's a lot of things that we simply don't know. You know, as children, we like to always, um, you know, if you ask, I don't know, and I guess we, we are humbled as we grow, but I know in my son's class or when you're working with kids and Wesley's down here with the children's sermon, but you ask kids a question and even if they don't know it, you know, everybody's raising their hands. And, uh, but the more we realize, the more we grow uh, and the more we experience life, the more we realize um, our need for humility and the fact that there are many things that we simply do not know. Many of you are familiar with the um, Peanuts comic strip, author Charles Schultz. And I love the one where Linus and Charlie Brown are sitting and talking about their plans when they grow up. And Linus says, um, when I grow up, I'm going to be a humble little country doctor. I'll live in the city, see? And every morning I'll get up and climb into my sports car and zoom into the country, and then I'll start healing people. I'll heal everybody for miles around. And he concludes his speech with, I'll be a world-famous, world-famous, humble little country doctor. (laughs) This week I prepared long and hard for this sermon on humility, and I felt rather proud of it. But then I felt bad about it because it was on humility. (laughs) It's kind of like the church member who who received a badge for humility, and then they took it away because he wore it. You know, it's, it's kind of like that. Humility can be a little uh, difficult to talk about sometimes. The word humility itself is a noun, and it means the quality or condition of being humble. At first, the Bible speaks of humility in reference to the poor and to the afflicted. Many of you, since I have been here, have spoken about your upbringing or your early years in life and have, and have used the words to me, I had a humble beginning. But we see the word humble and humility separated from more of a socioeconomic connotations to refer more to a characteristic um, or a character trait. It's a Christian virtue best exhibited in Jesus himself. It's the opposite of human pride. Humility is selflessness. It desires others to be esteemed and others to be honored greater than ourselves. Paul said it best in Philippians 2, 3 that Sherman read so well earlier. He says, Do nothing out of selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regarding one another as more important than yourselves. Humility can dissipate anger and heal old wounds. We talked about hospitality and extending a graceful welcome and a humble welcome. But again, the word hospitality includes the word hospital, place of healing. And humility can, again, dissipate anger. It can heal old wounds. Humility allows to see the dignity and worth of all of God's people. Recently in a Bible study on Sunday night, as we've been looking at uh, hospitality and taking it a little bit further and a little deeper, somebody reminded us that and mentioned, I can't remember who it was, that the golden rule, which we refer to, which is Matthew 7, 12, is a great, one of the greatest, I guess, examples or verses 
possibly on hospitality, that doesn't mention the word hospitality. And it says this, it says, do to others as you would have them do to you. Treat people the same way you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. What a great example of not only hospitality, but humility. So we've looked at humility as the noun. The the word humble is adjective, used to describe someone, again, who is not proud, arrogant, but again, modest. The word humble. Having a feeling of insignificance, inferiority, subservience. A personal example of this in a sentence would be, in coming to Bowling Springs, being called to pastor a church with so many well-educated and well-spoken individuals makes me feel very humble. It can also mean courteously and respectful. You know, many of you use the word, I humbly disagree with you at times when we fundamentally don't see things eye to eye with someone. We may use that word in that sentence. I humbly, um, uh, in my humble opinion, uh, I disagree with you. When I said earlier that I struggle with humility, this is true in more ways than one, because as I was looking at the definitions that you've just heard for humility, I came across this one that said, um, and, and this is one that I can't do anything about. I'm just going to be honest with you as your pastor, but one of the definitions for humble is it said low in height. <laughs> it said low in height and small in size. So humble in size I am not, but humble in spirit. May the Lord continue to help me in this endeavor. The scripture tells us that Moses was a humble man. As a matter of fact, in Numbers 12, 3, it says that... Um, Uh, Scripture tells us that Moses was a humble man more than anyone else on the face of the earth. In Numbers 12, 3. In a familiar passage in the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, the author writes, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray. I don't know about you, but growing up hearing this verse often... uh, in, in relationship to revival, relationship to spiritual renewal, the prayer is mentioned and is, the prayer is, 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 is highlighted uh, with this verse. But I think it's interesting to note for all of us that before we can begin to pray, the first word that is used, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves. And we're going to look at that a little more in just a moment. But I want to ask a question this morning that will be the basis for the rest of our time. Uh, it's a couple different uh, ways to word this, but how in an age of big churches and good resources and talented and gifted people in a church, a facility that we're proud of, again, a beautiful campus, we have so many things to be proud of as a church. How do we extend a humble welcome? How do we extend a humble welcome? The opposite of the humble welcome would be one that is prideful, a welcome that's all about us, a welcome that communicates we are superior. In turn, it would be a welcome that would not point others to our humble Savior. So how does a church balance the positive? We feel good about who we are and what we have and how God has gifted us with the spirit of selflessness. The question that I want us to answer this morning is what are some things that can help us in extending a humble welcome? What are some things that can help us in extending a humble welcome? The first thing I'd like to propose to you this morning is knowing who God is and knowing who we are. God is the creator and the sustainer of this beautiful world that we call home. You are here this morning and have breath in your lungs because God has given you another day to breathe air. 
Praise God. Isaiah 40, 26, as we think about the splendor and the, the greatness of God, Isaiah 40, 26 says, Look up into the heavens, who created all of the stars. He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. We should be humbled when reminded of the splendor of God. When was the last time you went out at night on a clear night and looked at the stars? I'm intrigued each time when I read the news now, mostly on my phone, because we still have no cable, um, <laughs> uh, how, you know, these articles in CBS or other news that speak about a new galaxy or a new star or a new something has been found in outer space. I don't know about you, but it's, it's interesting to me. It's very curious. I'm very curious about those things. Uh, you know, we, let, me, let me read the following illustration. William Beebe, the naturalist, used to tell this story about Teddy Roosevelt. At Sagamore Hill, after an evening of talk, the two would go out on the lawn and search the skies for a certain spot of star-like light near the lower left-hand corner of the great square of Pegasus. Then Roosevelt would recite, that is the spiral galaxy in Andromedia. In Andromedia. It, is a lar- it is large as our Milky Way. It is one of 100 million galaxies. It consists of 100 billion suns, each larger than our sun. Then Roosevelt would grin and say, now I think we're small enough. Let's go to bed. I'm grateful that as small as we are, as a speck of dust that we are, our God is a personal God. He's a loving God. And he desires a relationship with each of you here this morning, from the youngest one to the oldest one here. And my hope and prayer is this morning that you can feel his presence and that you can know his grace and that his mercy that's new every morning is extended to you today. And he desires for you and for me and for all of us this morning to enter into a relationship with him and to take that next step with him this morning, whatever that may be. As we think about his creation and splendor, we're also reminded that he is a holy God. He is set apart, perfect in every way. When we think of who we are, the imperfect creatures, flawed in every way, most often choosing our own path, we are reminded that we are sinners and that our sin separates us from a holy God. When we think about offering a humble welcome, we can do so only after We have reflected on the fact that God is God, that we are man, and that it is his love and grace that has provided a way through his life, through the the life of Jesus Christ, his death and his resurrection, um, that all of us have a secure hope because of God's love through Jesus Christ. We have hope being sinful man because of Jesus Christ. So we extend a humble welcome when we understand more of who God is and who we are. We can extend that to others. But also through prayer. Prayer can help us in extending a humble welcome. It's very difficult for pride and vanity to pray. I think about my own prayer life over the years, and I think about times when I just haven't felt it was where it needed to be, and it was often the result of those two words that I just mentioned, pride and vanity. Again, Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves. Once we humble ourselves, we can better seek the face of God. We can better communicate with our Lord and Savior. In a book called The Essentials of Prayer, it's a classic, Edward, Edward Bounds says, humility is an indispensable requisite of true prayer. Prayer has no beginning and no ending and no being without humility. As a ship is made for the sea, 
So prayer is made for humility, and so humility is made for prayer. He also says, happy are they who have no righteousness of their own to plead and no goodness of their own of which to boast. Humility flourishes in the soil of a true and deep sense of our sinfulness and our nothingness. Nowhere does humility grow so rapidly and shine so brilliantly as when it feels all guilty and confesses all sin and trusts all grace. I, the chief of sinners, but Jesus died for me. That is praying ground. He says that is the ground of humility, low down, far away seemingly, but in reality brought near by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to ask you a question today. How is your prayer life? It's hard for me to pray when I sometimes make things about Keith. It's hard for me to pray when I'm not placing others before my own needs. It's hard hard for me to pray when maybe in my marriage or in my family, I'm not treating uh, those closest to me the way that I know the Lord has instructed me to treat them in humility and kindness and grace. A great scriptural example is uh, about the Pharisee and the publican in Luke 18, 9 through through 14. Many of you remember this parable. He also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. Luke 18, verse 10 says, Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, and even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. The Pharisee's proud estimate of himself was closing the gates of prayer to God, while the publican's confession was opening wide the gate. The greater our prayer life, the greater greater we will be in offering a humble welcome as Bowling Springs Baptist Church. So things that help us in extending a humble welcome, knowing who God is and who we are, prayer, and I want to mention two others. The next is regarding others and their needs as more important than our own. We looked at this in Philippians 2.3. Sherman read, um, Paul wrote, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Romans 12.10 reads, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Romans 12.16, Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do you and I have an authentic and a genuine desire to help other people? A lot of times it's difficult, though. When we have things going on in our lives... Uh, I can confess, you know, I mean, just having family and and responsibilities and community and just living life and needing to take care of things at home and bills. And we can often get caught up in our own worlds and we can get caught up in all the things that we must, that need our attention. And if we're not careful in the midst of that, sometimes we can forget the lessons that Paul has for us that were just read. 
At its core, biblical humility is simply serving others and placing their needs above our own. The last one that I want to mention this morning has been mentioned earlier, but simply treat others as you wish to be treated. The golden rule, Matthew 7, 14, again, the foundation of which hospitality and humility must be based. I want to conclude with a uh, passage of Scripture that the first four verses were read earlier, but the last few verses Wesley touched on briefly in his, in his children's sermon, but Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Paul wrote, "...have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men." Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. An example of Jesus' humility, again, was God reaching down to sinful man, exhibiting humility as Jesus did from the manger in the way that Christ was born. You think about that. We talk about the humility that surrounds his birth all the way through his life, his death, and his resurrection. We think about uh, Jesus. When I think about humility in Jesus, I think of the donkey. Jesus didn't come into Jerusalem riding on a white horse as the victor that he could, but he came in riding on a donkey on a humble, humble donkey. So we see this from the beginning of his life all the way through his ministry. His focus was on the will of God and not his own. His focus was away from himself, again, not on himself. His focus was on serving and not being served. Several verses that Jesus said himself, he said, I do nothing of myself. He said, I seek not my own glory. He also said, I have not come to do my own will, but the will of my Father. There's a Christian contemporary group called Down Here that has some song lyrics that say this. I heard it this week on the radio. How appropriate, as I was preparing for a sermon on humility, it says, How many kings have stepped down from their thrones? How many lords have abandoned their homes? How many greats have become the least for me? How many gods have poured out their hearts to romance a world that has torn all apart? How many fathers gave up their sons for me? Only one did that for me. I don't know where you are in life today and what struggles or what things you may be going through today, but I want you to know that there's a humble Savior who stands ready. He's putting your needs, um, I say your needs above his own, but the humble Savior today stands uh, ready with a loving and graceful heart. Uh, ready to welcome you into his kingdom uh, as we seek his humility, as we understand more about what it means to walk and to live in humility. uh, We're going to be offering a a graceful welcome. We're going to be offering a welcome that uh, brings that healing that I was speaking speaking of earlier when we speak of hospitality. Uh, This is going to be a place of refuge. Uh, So many times churches have a bad reputation, like I said, as some ministers may, for their lack of humility. But as a church, may we be people of humility, when we realize from whence we have come, when we realize who we are and the fact that God loves us and that God has extended his son to each of us this morning, 
My hope and prayer is that you may feel that love and feel that presence and that welcome today. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this service. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for your love that reaches down to man. Father, teach us more about what it means to be humble. I confess, Father, that that I need some work in that area. Lord, teach us how to come alongside of those that we share a pew with, but also those new faces that will come into Bowling Springs Baptist Church and help us to know what it means to extend to them a humble welcome. Father, we're grateful that you sent your son who humbled himself, became obedient to even to the point of death and death on a cross. Father, we're so grateful for your love that you have given to each of us. Father, help us to extend that love, that humble welcome to all who we may see here in this place and we may come in contact with this next week. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here today and um, the Lord has spoken to you, we'd like to extend a time of invitation. The altar is open. If you're here today and desire church membership, or maybe would like to publicly profess your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized, we invite you to come and um, to talk with us about that as well. Let's stand and sing. Hymn number 307, Just As I Am. us. That's the way we simply need to come to Jesus, just as we are. It's the only way we can come. And so let us be reminded of that today. I want to encourage each of you to invite each of you to be present this evening. We're having the access to the Y and would love for you to come out and to have some good fellowship with each, with one another there. If you know of someone in your community, uh, in your neighborhood, that you would like to invite to be there, we would love to have you come out and uh, be, be a part of that time with us tonight. Hot dog and water park and all that, so come on out. Also, next Sunday, again, back to school blessing. Uh, would love to see you here for that. Let's close now in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your presence with us today. We thank you for, um, Lord, continuing to teach us more about what it means to follow you. So, Lord, now teach us what it means to walk humbly with you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You have been listening to the worship service at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. 
located at 307 South Main Street in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Come and worship with us at your next opportunity. Thank you for listening.